Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. A reading from Psalm 13. How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I be left to my own wits, agony filling my heart daily? How long will my enemies keep defeating me? Look at me. Answer me, Lord my God. Restore sight to my eyes. Otherwise, I'll sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say, I won. My foes will rejoice over my downfall. But hear this good news. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Yes, I will sing to the Lord because he has been good to me. Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you this morning with all that's on our hearts. We see what's happening in the world around us, and we cry out like the psalmist, and we wonder how long. But God, just like the psalmist, we pray, and we give thanks for your faithful love, your faithful love that sustains us, your faithful love that holds us. So God, as we gather at this time, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, there is a pastor in Kansas City. His name is Adam Hamilton. Most of you are probably familiar with him. He is pastor of one of the largest United Methodist churches in the country, the Church of the Resurrection. And uh, shortly after the election... Uh, somebody asked him if he, were, if he was going to pay attention to those events that are happening in the world and, and, and make sure that you mention them or, or preach about them each Sunday. And Adam Hamilton said, you know, I'm not going to do that because every week something can happen. Every week I, I could scrap everything that I've done that's not helping people grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, and I could focus on single issues. I thought about that uh, this weekend as I woke up Sunday, Saturday morning, and I started to hear the uh, reports of what was going on in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. 
And, and I thought, you know, I, I got to move forward because we're starting this new series that I'm really excited about talking about three steps to a, to a Christian life. You, you see that on your bulletin, that, that that's what I was planning on going. But God was telling me that we have to talk about the fourth step. And I think this is probably one of the most important steps that we must live and, and, and be a part of as a community of faith. I've only done this three times. Of course, I've only been preaching full-time for five years now. You know, 2015, when, when uh, the disaster happened at the church in Charleston, I, I, I changed my sermon at the last minute to, to talk about the evil that, that happened there. And then last year, uh, about just two weeks after I became the pastor of First United Methodist Church of Royce City, we had this disaster in Dallas where five police officers lost their lives. And then we have what happened over the weekend. And my friends, I'm sorry. As much as I would like to just go on like nothing happened and share three simple steps on how to live a Christian life, I would be doing a disservice. See, I am called as your pastor, and I am called as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to stand in front of you, to unequivocally condemn the actions of the white supremacists in Charlottesville this past weekend. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that we have to come to this point. We're here in Royce City, Texas. We are so far away. But my friends, it is a matter that, that matters to us, or it should matter to us. How we respond as a church, how we respond as a community, as we respond as a people of faith. Now, I know we can have civilized discussions later about what it means to have free speech and how to, to go about that free speech, but, but my friends, I'm sorry. When we see people carrying around Nazi flags when we see people shouting down others, when we see violence, that is not the way of Christ. That is not the way we, as God's people, should act. As I was looking at the news, and as I was seeing things come in over Twitter and Facebook and the internet about what was going on, there was a verse that was playing through my mind. I wanted to share that verse with you this morning. So please hear the word of the Lord from 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, and we'll have the words on the screen. We have known... And have believed that the love of God, that the love that God has for us. 
God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God, and God remains in them. This is how love has been perfected in us so that we can have confidence on the judgment day because we are exactly the same as God is in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We Love because God first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates a brother or sister, he is a liar. Because the person who doesn't love a brother or sister who can be seen can't love God who can't be seen. This commandment we have from him Those who claim to love God ought to love their brother and their sister also. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I watch the news and I I see the events unfolding. And those words from, from 1 John 4, 20 If anyone says, I love God and hates a brother or sister, he is a liar. Because the person who doesn't love a brother or sister who can be seen can't love God who can't be seen. Whenever I look upon my brothers and sisters, when I look upon people who are different than me, I see them as people who are valued and cherished by the God that I love and worship. They may not have the same belief systems as I do. They may not act in the same ways that I do or speak in the same way that I do, but I see them as people who God loves and cares. That's why the events of this weekend disturb me so much is because I see an opportunity where others see a place to tear down or destroy. I see a place where people can come together and celebrate the goodness that is around us. But instead, I see fear and anger and hatred. Somebody once told me, before I started preaching, to make sure you stay away from politics. But my friends, this, this isn't politics. This is not about Democrat or Republican or, or whatever. This is about human decency. And when we fail as Christ beloved to love others, as Christ has loved us, then we have failed. See, Paul was very explicit in in his thoughts. And two times he shared a passage about being one. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15, Paul writes these words. In this image, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all things and in all people. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and love put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And may the peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called in one body. See, on both sides of, of the aisle, and, and these people who call themselves white supremacists, who, who want a way forward, they claim Christ as their God. But my friends, Christ is not their God. Their desire to control, their desire to be held above someone else, that is what they serve. And us, as the ones who claim Christ as our Lord, we must stand together. We stand together because we have a, a mandate to stand. When we were baptized... And when you either claim the baptismal vows yourselves or you stood with your children and you recited these vows for them, you were standing against oppression. You were standing against this kind of treatment. So I wanted to remind us once again of those baptismal vows. The first thing we said, the question is, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? See, this question is an inward question. This question makes us focus and look at our own lives and see if there are any wicked ways in us and repent of those things so they don't hold us back to be the true children of God. The second question is this. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? This is the outward question. Once we take a look at our own lives and we, we rid ourselves of, those sin, of the sin that's in us, then we look outwards. Jesus talked about the importance of removing the log in our own eye before we try to remove the speck out of someone else's eye. This part of the baptismal covenant reminds us that when there is injustice. When we see people being mistreated or when we see that there is an inequitable situation, we stand in so that everyone 
can experience the fullness of the love of God. And that brings us to our final question that we have during our baptismal covenant. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races. Do you remember our vision statement? What is the very first thing that we say as a church? You belong here. See, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your status, it doesn't matter your race. You belong in the kingdom of God. And when people who stand and say that they follow a, a Christ that excludes people, they are not claiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, when we partake of these baptismal vows or, or when we had our children and we were baptizing them, we answered these questions with a resounding, I do. I remember last May, we confirmed five young men and women. Two of them are here in this room this morning. They stood up here in front, and we went over those questions one more time. And I remember all five of them saying out loud, I do. I resist the power of evil. I, I confess, and I am open to all. See, my friends, when we see evil, we must act, we must speak out, and we must show a bold love for everyone. As Wanda was up here with the kiddos for our young disciples' time, I leaned over to Tim, and I said, you know, that is the reason why I'm speaking out this morning. That is the reason why this resonates so deep in my heart, and I hope it resonates deep in yours too. It's because we have to set an example for them of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Because, my friends, it, it easily fails. This past December, or past uh, January, the clergy of the North Texas Conference participates in a covenant day. And uh, Professor uh, Maria Dixon Hall came and presented to us. And she told us a story of something that she was involved with uh, towards the end of 2015 and the beginning of 2016. You may be familiar uh, with the story of uh, Sigma Alpha Epsilon up at the University of Oklahoma. There was a video that was released of the members of this fraternity singing songs, uh, yelling a racial epitaph, talking about how African-Americans would never be a part of their university, or definitely not a part of their fraternity. 
And as this video got out, a, a big a backlash came out about what was said, and the fraternity was suspended. And, and these kids held their head in shame. But Maria Dixon Hall, who is a very powerful African-American woman, was invited to come and speak to these young men. She wrapped her arms around them. She loved them. She cared for them. And as she sat there and as she talked with them, she realized that several of the young men who were a part of this fraternity lived in the North Texas Conference. And a few of those young men were United Methodist. And she said, my friends, we are failing our kids. When we allow this type of behavior to, to, to live out, when we allow this type of behavior to become a part of our vernacular, part of, of who we are, then we have failed our little ones. We have failed those kids that we have promised to uphold, to share the gospel so that gospel can reach others. Jesus reminds us that woe to those who cause a little one to stumble or to fall. May as well have a millstone tied around their neck and throw it into the sea. Millstones are a pretty big rock, if you're not familiar with that. And I never want to allow one of our children to fall. I never want to allow one of our adults to fall. I never want to allow anyone who comes in contact with the First United Methodist Church of Royce City to think that the behavior that we have seen is acceptable. When I was confirmed, I had a verse just like our confirmands had. And I still remember that verse and I say it often. First John 4, 7 and 8. Just shortly before the passage that we had for our sermon this morning. Those words are these. Beloved, let us love one another. Because love is of God and from God. He who loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. My hope and my prayer that as we move together as a community, as we move past this incident, we don't forget, but we stand up in one voice with people of all nations, with people of all races and claim Christ is our God. Let us pray. Dear God, as we gather today, my hope and my prayer is that anyone who is in this room doesn't feel like they are less than anyone else. 
My prayer is that as we go out into the community and the world, we gather as your people to let everyone know that they are beloved children of God. Help us to act in accordance of the way that you have called us to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. And as we walk humbly with you, help us to be a shining light for all the world to see of your great love and mercy. And we pray this in the strong name of the one who came to liberate us from our sin, who came to liberate us from uh, mounds of oppression, who came to help us to see others as ourselves. Jesus, our Lord. Amen.